0: Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Shoes for Biscuit podcast. Of course, it's me, Alex Whiteley. Uh, thank you for joining us. And today I'm joined with George, uh, with, uh, with George McKay. Words, <laughs> Whiteley, get him out. Um, George, um, I met a while ago um, at Hickory's, um, one of the nicest guys I've spoken to on the show, to be honest. <laughs> I've, I'm pretty sure we recorded our conversation, George, Um, and we, we released that, I'm sure we did. So you may have noticed, uh, George, a while, a while ago. ago. A while ago. It's when Hickory's first opened the opening night, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. I think
1: it was the second, second day of the soft launch.
0: Mm. Yeah. it was amazing. That was like, ah, for me, that was just crazy. I love Hickory's now. I'll just uh... um <laughs> but yeah, you are let's talk about about sort of like hokey pokey, where that come from. Um, and I think the best way to discuss it is sort of you as a young person and food. Where yeah. does it come from? Where does that desire to cook, make food and create things come from for you?
1: Uh, so that that started back when I was a little kid. Um, I used to hate doing my homework. And the easiest way to get around doing that was to either do my music practice or offer to help mum cook in the kitchen with the promise. Oh, after dinner, absolutely, I'll do the homework. (laughs) And then I get to afternoon, oh, actually, I'm really tired. I'll do it first thing in the morning and then wake up too late. Uh, So I've always enjoyed cooking and eating and, um, yeah, all that side. And then when I was 15, I got my first job in a restaurant. Um, And, yeah, fell in love with the way people work. It's so, like, fast-paced. Everyone's kind of moving around. There's always something to do. And so every time I went to do a college course, I'd get halfway through and feel like I was waking up later and later for college, but taking on more and more shifts for work. And yeah, each time, actually, much more much more food is my scene than academia.
0: I, I take it there's – I mean, I I have worked around food. When I was about the same sort of age, I, I worked at a cafe. I made a killer breakfast bap. You know, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> great coffee and stuff. <laughs> and it's one of them you'd pour the coffee for people that suddenly in the paper, like as go, going, Alex, you're like, oh typical cafe finger. And I enjoyed yeah. that really. Um, and it wasn't your kind of place where you'd get um a lot of complaints or anything because people knew what they were going in for. Yeah, exactly, When you're yeah. when you're in a high octane I say high octane, but high quality, high standard sort of restaurant, I imagine there's um a lot to be learned, especially when it comes to standards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So first thing I always did when I started was even before an interview, I try and get hold of the menu and learn what was on the menu. So at least I could chat about that. And first place I really had to learn that like, everything in and out front of house was lock fine. And so Saturday mornings, our manager would turn around and say, right, this is the special. It's going to be the the halibut with with the cream sauce. You've got the steamed, steamed broccoli on the side, toasted almonds. Now you've got to sell that to me in 30 seconds or you're not getting a big section oh shit okay (laughs) okay so that was that was really getting into it and we had to try everything on the menu um because otherwise you can't really sell anything so if somebody asks you oh how's the potted mackerel and turn around go do you know what i've never tried it even if you try and blag it it doesn't quite sound right so it's one thing saying it's not my favorite however i'd recommend the prawns um that's perfectly fine but yeah that was yeah the more the higher higher the level shit my head this, this morning
0: it's like my hat's like no. yeah. um yeah I, I've, I imagine that's quite difficult especially i mean i'm, I'm quite quite a fussy man i see I, I looked at your menu i've been looking at your menu and I, I was like oh i can't eat tofu i can't eat fish like i'm, I'm fussy with eggs things like that like if i was if i was There's in a no place, eggs in
1: anything crazy that's totally egg free so you're good what what made you decide to go egg free uh so it's because poke is kind of naturally it's rice based um and it's quite easy to avoid putting in eggs i kind of figured that i didn't want to faff around with a poached egg because while i can do them i just get them wrong sometimes Mm. and being by myself in the kitchen most of the time occasionally uh, with my partner katie that's something that we can just totally cut out same with dairy same with gluten. yeah, none of that, and anything
0: on a menu it makes, makes it a lot easier for people, awkward yeah, people exactly. like me. Um, yeah,
1: if it's celiac, then you can just look at it and go, "I'm good for all, for it all."
0: Um, okay, we're we jumping ahead of ourselves now. we yeah, yeah. <laughs> So easy to do that, isn't it? But like, we're we're talking about young George now. Um, yeah. Sort of the education you had working in restaurants. What was the first restaurant you worked in?
1: Uh, it's the Cornhouse, bottom wild cup, um, when it was back, yeah, you know, before Hasselgrain Grain um, under Grant. He kind of took me on for some work experience uh yeah i spent my first day first couple of hours wandering around the kitchen trying to find a lobster because the head chef had told me what had escaped <laughs> that was that was fun
0: <laughs> what are the first things you learn when you're doing a job like that because i imagine it's quite hard especially when you've got someone who just enjoys shouting at waitress waiters and waitresses um you you see them all the time what is that what is that like for a young person working in a restaurant
1: uh, so, first thing you learn is that if you everything's fixable so don't panic straight away and and kind of flap which I definitely did again one of my first shifts I poured a coffee all over some poor woman's white top and that was I just froze I had no idea what to do um, so I think yeah learning how to carry things is a is a given um, and then after that it's the little pitter-patter so like you say somebody might show you up your dad jokes kind of throw you to start with because you don't know what to say back. <laughs> so you end up with a little set of phrases and a set of jokes, get to know the people. So when you see them, it's either you've got to be very polite, and like, sir, madam, or a bit more chummy. Try and read.
0: Yeah, read the read the room a little bit. Read the room a bit, yeah. That's. I mean, that must be good for improv skills. I haven't, t- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't
1: tested it yet out of a restaurant. <laughs> you should
0: definitely, you should definitely, we should we, we should do a, an experiment, sort of a wait waiters and waitresses or waiting staff versus improv. Get and see if you can get it right because I'm pretty sure it's kind of the same thing because you've got to kind of please everybody, haven't you? Yeah. um uh, And so when you get go, from going from a waiter to wanting your own sort of business um yeah is that something i've built up over the years or was something that you've always wanted to do uh it's something i've always wanted to
1: do when i was a kid i used to really want to have a pub proper old school pool table dartboards uh penny shop halfpenny. Um uh, i loved that and then as i've got older and worked in a few pubs and different restaurants bars it's kind of narrowed down to what i'd actually like to run and it's it's changed over the years and i've kind of drifted in and out of love with the industry as well so I have tried to do other things like be a gardener for a little bit or work with kids, and, and then always found my way back one way or another.
0: Uh, and I, I guess drifting sort of in and out of kitchens over the years, and uh, you know, seeing that sort of environment, um, you're aware of the, you're well aware of the stresses that when it comes to chefing and making your food.
1: Yeah, yeah. I actually, i uh, spent most of my time, not all of it, being front of house, so bartender, waiter, management. Um, i've spent a little bit of time working in a couple of kitchens but not a huge amount and i tended to tended to look at it going i can i can appreciate it probably don't want to do that side of it and now here i am <laughs> i um,
0: i mean i work with young people right? and i remember this uh, this i can't mention names or anything but we had this one young person went to work at a place in telford uh, as, a, as a chef or as a trainee chef and he came back and he's like i've i've heard swear words in this kitchen that i've never heard before uh and he's like it's great i love it he was like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's when you work with people from other nationalities as well so like the polish and romanian i've mm. worked some of the greatest insults and people losing their temper were people from uganda when i was yeah. working in paris and they uh, just the things that you heard they I'm so happy I don't understand I'm just gonna I'm gonna go that way <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> I guess well, I mean like uh, I'm speaking to Marcus bean later he's coming on the show later and yeah. we're gonna be so we've got like a continued trend this week uh and I' want you know I want to sort of investigate what things are like in the kitchen like that because I imagine for a young person that's full of testosterone and angst it's not a great place to be around but where some, like i said that young person i spoke to individually was kind of like yeah i like this this is wicked you know uh, where some people might be a bit intimidated by that um yeah it's, yeah it's, i was
1: i was intimidated by it so i well it, it, it wasn't quite my scene it was more the like the chatting front of house yeah. that i loved and the, the high octane on the bar and stuff whereas in the kitchen it's same sort of high octane but because you're a smaller unit and you're hidden away for a lot of my friends that work in kitchens they they kind of enjoyed the the fact they can say whatever they want and tempers can blow but then you pull it back straight away because you realize that it's just high pressure and yeah they kind of rub
0: along as best they can i mean you you guys have got i, I think everybody in a restaurant I mean, first starters. restaurant workers are underrated at the skills that they have. Their skills, everyone has got an amazing skill set, right? Like yeah. you guys at front of the house, like you said, you you, you got to be there and kind of make everyone happy. That's not easy. That's not easy at all whatsoever. Uh, and then the chefs, they've got this highly intense job. And then management, yeah. um, you've got to keep everyone <laughs> happy. That's just, um, mm-hmm. It's not easy. Um uh, and I got a lot of appreciation for people that do the jobs like that, you know, because uh, I mean, I've not, I, I know I'm not good at it. I worked at KFC for about three months in Wrexham, right? I was, um, <laughs> I was about 18. Yeah, my
1: partner worked at KFC as well for a while.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I, I, I couldn't, there was, um, every Saturday was the worst, right? The worst because the queue would be like round the restaurant, right? And yeah. there's this woman that come in every week on a Saturday without fail. And she was the worst, the worst. In fact, we'd count in the queue, um how many it would take for who who was going to serve her basically and we'd all kind of take our time to her orders and stuff to try and push yeah. it on someone else because oh
1: no i've got my break yeah yeah sorry
0: guys oh man really oh yeah need toilet yeah sorry uh but no uh and she would just if you if you got a salt sachet or something like that, she would she would drill you on the spot and make you feel like a fool um and mm. she did it to me on the sat on a one saturday I've, I can't remember what it was. I, I got something very small wrong, and she was just going. I want to speak to the manager. All this sort of stuff. And I, I literally took my hat off, threw it on the desk, and I was like, "Do you know what? I'm better than this." See you later, guys. <laughs> and I walked out. Never returned. I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't. No. I, and I know that. So yeah. Um, th- the first thing you'll notice, by the way, guys, if you go to the Hokey Pokey we- uh, website, which I, I have, um, you will see um that one of the first things you mentioned uh george is that you you went around traveling well you've been traveling extensively for 10 years and it's kind of changed your outset on on a few things yeah yeah so where where have you been around the world that sort of changed your because i've got experience in this and i, I want to sort of talk about it with you you know
1: so i went i lived in paris for a year and a half just over um i ended up living in lots of different cities around the uk over the last 10 years and in between those various trips out like out of the out of Europe as well. So um when I was in Europe I went to Italy, Greece, um France obviously, Spain, um, went to Egypt when I was younger, um, Malaysia, Australia, New Zealand. Um, yeah, so a little list of places. It's more the when I was living in Paris in particular, the amount of different nationalities, because it's such an overlapped city rather than London where you've got, you know, kind of almost towns separated by the tube. Paris you can go from street to street to street and you've got different cultures right in the you know, same pocket uh, and be, being English and not speaking French it was kind of ends up to start with working with people from Sri Lanka quite a lot in the back while I was still trying to learn French so they were kind of hiding me uh, and then yeah they're bringing their own foods and it's it was the range of people that I've met over the last 10 years that have really you know, opened up different avenues
0: I mean, food is, is, is something that we've all, you know, it, it brings people together and it has been for a millennia. all right. Um, uh, but the, there are different cultures around the world, but the yeah. people enjoy food differently, they cook food differently. They enjoy food differently. Um, and it's i think it's something amazing when you can go around and when you can sample all of that because like the, our traditional sort of meal is kind of sit around a table you laugh and joke you laugh and have a beer you know if you, if that's the british kind of sunday dinner around the table is is just it can be crazy at times yeah. um for us anyway us individually it might be <laughs> different for everybody else you know or pasta gravy or pasta potatoes you know it's one of them um whereas in some uh, countries it's it's not that's not I was done at all. I yeah. remember I went to um I went when I went to Colombia with my wife. Um they're very particular her family uh, in particular about sort of like table skills. No elbows on the table, none of this sort of <laughs> stuff. And the first thing uh, I had uh, the first more first day was ajiaco, ajiaco, which is a very watery chicken soup with uh, cream and uh, avocado which sounds gross but it's actually amazing uh the potatoes are a very specific potato to colombia um you can't get them anywhere else and they they taste like the the chips you get from the chip shop it sounds crazy but it's beautiful um and this was the first my first sort of colombian cuisine this very watery soup and i was kind of like oh my god i've never had anything like this before i tasted it and it blew my mind it was so good (laughs) and that was my first lesson is just try it have a go
1: yeah, if somebody if somebody out there can eat it and considers it cuisine, then I'm definitely not going to turn my nose up at it. I have mm. pretty much anything that's put in front of me as long as it's not going to kill me. And somebody somewhere thinks it's good food, then it's yeah. worth trying.
0: Um, another one of the dishes I really liked in Colombia was um, a lechona, which is a, it's a bit like a luau, a Hawaiian luau. So they oh, yeah? they, they 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 stuff. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, if if we... <laughs> <laughs> they, they 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 stuff the pig full of rice and herbs and spices and stuff, oh, and then they cook the pig and then they just break it open and you got all the rice and stuff inside oh, wow. the it's it sounds gross when you see it cooking and then see that it's a bit like a hog roast you know but with the rice and stuff cooked inside the pig it's amazing it's so good I, I could I could I could dig that <laughs> it's really good it's really good um so what lessons did you learn then from from traveling abroad um you know what what kind of attracted you um to to, to you know changing the way you, you sort of cook things?
1: Uh, So it was partially the kind of seeing all the different kind of cultures meeting overlapping um, that really pushed me to want to do something different and something else because like around, I mean, around Shrewsbury, you can find some amazing foods and it's a lot of British foods. Um, There's very little in the way of of a unique thing like um, Ethiopian foods or Ugandan or... You know Hawaiian definitely not i looked into it and the closest place is Birmingham um and there's only one maybe two places um london there's there's a handful but not a huge amount so I wanted to do something that people would see and go oh actually yeah let's let's give that a try that is that's something out of sort of slightly left field, and I didn't want to end up being a, a, yeah doing something that everyone else is doing because yeah, I just wanted to try something a bit more creative,
0: yeah. Yeah, and I think is yeah. Shrewsby, the right town for it, I think. Yeah, uh, amazing uh, yeah. food scene. London just the, down the road as well. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the, the thing is, I, I, there are certain towns where this probably wouldn't work. But Shrewsbury is kind of like... As traditional mixed with like an almost student y type food scene, you know, there's lots of places up there where you, you can find things like falafel or yeah, yeah, like bombos. you know, there's yeah. all this crazy. So, uh, the uh, there's just um, so I many. There's even the uh, place across the the uh, the Welsh Bridge, the uh, the Spanish tapas oh, place, uh, you yeah, know. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, Alioli too, and yeah. there's and, uh, um, La Mer Rouge that I still haven't tried, but I really hope they reopen and they're kind of. French, French, um, Egyptian food.
0: Um, and just, uh, I've, I've brought Wikipedia to make things easier. If anybody Hawaii. doesn't know what poke is or, or it's a, it's a Hawaiian dish, right?
1: It is. Yeah, yeah. 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 It means to slice in Hawaiian. Nice. Uh, so it's, yeah, it started off as kind of using up leftovers, um, of, of what was caught and it probably started off as more of a side, uh, adding with a bit of rice and then whatever vegetables, coconut, mango, um, wherever it was growing, because Hawaii doesn't really, didn't really have any of its own um, edible, tasty things like mango, pineapple, rice, until people colonized it about a thousand years ago. It's so far away from everywhere else. Yeah. So it's had all these influences from like Australasia, from Philippines, from Japan, um, from America. So Spam is one, they are the largest consumer of Spam in the world. Um, <laughs> and one of the dishes, it's amazing. It's a bit like, um, it's like a sushi roll. With spam and it, you know, us as Brits, we kind of look at it going, "That's not right," but it's, it is on point. It's really good.
0: um I went to Hawaii a few years ago, and I remember I was uh, like, when I when I go on holiday, I don't necessarily want to do just like sitting by the pool, and I like to speak to the locals. I like to find out what life is like for them. And I remember speaking to this lady, and um, she was saying. Hawaii is beautiful as a, for a tourists, but living here is difficult because she had, like, she said she had two and a half jobs. So she had two main jobs and a job she did on the side because everything is imported. Everything is imported to Hawaii, yeah. which makes everything more expensive. You know, it sounds like a crazy way to live. You yeah,
1: it's so far away as well. Like the import costs are through the roof.
0: Exactly. Um, but, yeah, so what made you go for pokey food then? Of all the foods you could choose. Of all the food in all the world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. um it was I came across it in Paris and uh, just in passing and then when I was working in London I was working at a street food venue and just down the road was a poke restaurant a black, a poke bar and there was the one day I have to that I, w- I was so hungover and had to go in to do a stock take and my manager went you know what what you really need is poke because it's so fresh it's light it wouldn't leave you kind of like feeling heavy it's not greasy um it's got all the nutrients that you needed to to recover so what turned what started off is just the one-off yeah I, I i need this as a like medicinal um yeah turned into kind of three times four times a week stopping off there on my way in and the joy about it was because it's because it's a cold salad anyways it kept for later that day too so if i just yeah. had a time for a quick bite i keep it in the fridge in the back of the bar and I'd turn around scram a little bit more um uh, but it's, it's that array of different textures and flavors that it had so you've got you know adami beans pineapple um, the rice base I was my, my favorite one's um with our kind of with nori flakes and katsuobushi the dried tuna um, just gives it a real fishy element um but yeah it's it's it just leaves you feeling kind of better afterwards
0: then a lot it, of it other seems food. like a food that you can blend with all, I mean like if you uh... There are so many options that you can choose oh, yeah. for this, you know, yeah, whether it's I mean, vegan or non-vegan. Mad, yeah, yeah. What's, <laughs> what's Phoenix chicken, by the way?
1: <laughs> oh, Phoenix chicken. So that um, that's named after my partner's cat. Um, so she's got this beautiful ginger cat um called Phoenix, and so Phoenix chicken is I get the so chicken and beef we're getting from Corbett's, um, but I've marinated that with three different types of chili, um, so rice vinegar, pineapple, um, tamari uh and then yeah marinade for a few hours Coriander's in there as well so it's and then baked so it still stays juicy uh but that's yeah it's, it's one of the spicier options but on the sleeping phoenix one is that uh, the spice is negated
0: by everything else i love that i, 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 mean, I was i was reading it I was kind of like i wonder what a phoenix if it's gonna like burst into flames <laughs> in my mouth you know it's, it's a great name for food i gotta say um so you you went with were there were there other sort of thoughts uh, you know that you were thinking but we could cook as well as or make as well as poke or was it always just poke 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 because poke? like um you got to look at the market what's 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 I mean you obviously you've done that because you mentioned that there's there's yeah. no pokey places about um so that was the gap in the market that's what you wanted
1: Yeah when I when I first moved back uh, a couple of years ago I actually did for just a couple of weeks out of a cafe in town um they, they let me kind of set up a, a poke bar to give it a try because, again, couldn't find it here. And I was like, actually, I really want it. You you say that you've got this space that you don't know what to do with it. Let me try and do this. Um, so I did that for a few weeks. And then they said, actually, let's forget this. We're going to do a sandwich bar instead. Um, so I, I remember chatting to friends of mine. And then I'd forgotten all about this until after the first lockdown, when me and my partner were talking about doing poke and going for something a bit different and we can use the space it's a small kitchen and it's you know kind of ideal to do this but not necessarily your your big fried up yeah there's not enough ventilation for this stuff to fry uh and yeah i was messaging a friend, say oh we've got, we've got this idea we're going to start doing poker it's like yeah you did tell me a year and a half ago that you wanted to do this uh so it's kind of yeah been on the been on the scenes for a good couple of years
0: always been there it's always been yeah, there yeah. it seems to have done really well i remember i, I remember seeing um uh, I think there's a post of yours. I don't know if you're doing a, a competition or something. Uh, yeah, we think. did a giveaway for Valentine's. Was pretty sure the there's one? something a while ago. It was a, it was a while ago, way before then. Maybe the beginning, maybe last year. When did you guys no, start? We
1: were doing, Um, yeah, for the for the first photo shoot, we gave away to all the bowls that were being made. We gave them to the neighbours in Castlefields. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it was just kind of first come first serve. If you wanted one, there were bowls there.
0: Yeah. Nice. I remember the, seeing the pictures and your food looks beautiful it's Thanks. so colorful and the, the, the comments were just this food's banging this food's amazing oh, i can't wait to try this it's very popular <laughs> before you know straight away straight out the gate yeah. everybody's loving your food before they've even tasted it
1: yeah that's the joy. i mean it is kind of like instant worthy though the different colors yeah it helps it plays into my hand a little bit
0: <laughs> i mean it's it's I think it's one thing to, to make good food, but to make food that looks good as well, you know, mm. especially in the, in the Instagram era. It's really yeah. important, isn't it? You know, sexy looking food. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So how are your menus inspired then? Because obviously, poke, you could do, could have done anything with this, couldn't you? But if yeah. you if you look at your, your menu, is this a traditional poke menu or is this something that it took you a long while to put together?
1: Uh, so the classics, uh, there's, there's kind of a vague staple that's, Kind of a base that is um, kind of considered poke. Uh, okay. There's a few a handful of things that you'd expect to see on it. So wakame, um, pineapple, adami beans, rice base is kind of a given. Um, and then you can play around with other stuff. So cucumbers on there because it's really light and refreshing. Uh, other ones we tweaked a little bit more. So put um, on the green hurricane, put kiwi on there. And the so things like green hurricane and the uh, phoenix chicken, are entirely color-coded. That was sat one evening going, right, let's go green, everything green. Let's have a one that's all orange and red. Um, so playing around with what we could find and still got still got plenty of options going forwards. Um, keep getting uh, Des from Pomona, who delivers all of our fruit and veg, uh, occasionally asking him, like, oh, actually, can you get hold of you know, <laughs> say, banana leaves because I want to try something at some point. Uh, so we're looking ahead at tweaking it and changing it up uh, particularly when we get a venue where we can have more options and then do build your own bowls if people wanted but i imagine
0: for- there's a few people that have thrown in a few suggestions your way uh, yeah you know.
1: yeah <laughs> yeah dragon fruit has been mentioned twice uh there is no way on earth we can afford dragon fruit that's it's mental expensive
0: it is crazy. <laughs> I worked. I worked on the produce department in Asda for um, uh, a couple of years. I know. Yeah. I know. It's it's, uh, it's hard to keep as well. You can't. You yeah. Know, once it's open. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, uh, vegan. There's a strong vegan sort of presence yes. here. Um. Is that just come naturally with the food, or is that for a reason?
1: Uh, it's a bit of both. Uh, it's. I kind of looked at poke Bowl, I was going. This is actually really easy to make vegan because it's all the, all the fruits and vegetables are there. It then just seems to be the middle bit or potentially the sources that you add in dairy. Um, you know, the, the elements that vegans can't have. Um, so all of the sources are avocado, mayo, for instance, uh, everything's vegan there. So it doesn't matter what source you go for. And, um, and wanted to push harder and harder into the vegan side because more and more people are going vegan and it's easier to, I feel it's, it's better to accommodate for, for everyone. So the, the greater denomination than, Angle for a smaller group and then cut out a whole chunk of people that that I could easily cater to, but I've decided that for for convenience I've added milk
0: to everything. Did you um, get boost in sales in uh, v- January, January for the v- January? I
1: think it helped with the first few weeks. It we had the it tied in nicely with the the kind of honeymoon bubble of people going, oh, we will give this a try because it's brand new. Uh, but then fighting against the cold, the floods, the snow, uh, yeah, Misery. blue sky out the window now mm. is going to help us quite a lot.
0: But yeah. Mm. I, I I spoke to Michelle from Vegan Hub, um, yeah. and she, we were talking about veganuary. I was like, I'm not even not even gonna even consider try it because I would love to try it. I would I would, but I'm not in the right state of mind at the moment. Like you said, I mean, I've I've given up alcohol for Lent, which is great. You oh know? yeah, uh, but even that, some people have gone, nah, <laughs> not, it's a <laughs> wrong time to be doing that. You know, when everybody's sort of cooped inside, and the same with uh, I need my comforts, right? I need yeah. my comforts when everything's going on around us the way it is. Uh, I, I think you know it's it's right that you know restaurants close and that's that's terrible. And I really, honestly, genuinely, I'm really missing it so much. I, I just want I want to go for a nice meal with the family. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. But at the same time, what lockdown did for local food uh, that uh, 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 p- lo- local food companies. Restaurants uh, that could deliver—it just boosted sales. You know, we've seen it; seen so many businesses pop up because of this. Um, Yeah, and
1: you can do it from home. I mean, the the policies are actually relatively easy to to manage. Mm
0: -hmm. If
1: you look through the the council website, so you just register your address a month ahead, and they send somebody around to check. But that's as long as you're following the the booklet of health and safety regulations. Once that's done, you can run any food business from home. Really. Uh, it's then just you know you're worrying foods like sashimi, you've got to really know what you're doing, um, mm. but yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's been great to see see stuff kicking off. What's sashimi? <laughs> oh, so shoot. so that's something that I am looking at trying to get. So either sashimi or ceviche, or preferably both. Uh, sashimi is it's raw fish, so it's your slices of raw fish, um, and so we're looking at originally we were looking at having um, sea bass ceviche. And ceviche is a Peruvian Peruvian raw fish that's been kind of cooked in lime juice and a couple of other things like um, red onion. So it's really, really sharp and light flavor. It worked really well in the bowls, but our fish supply was closed over the first couple of weeks. And uh, Actually, the smoked salmon option that we swapped for last minute has worked really well. It's one of the most popular ones. But definitely looking at doing ahi tuna. So I want to have tuna on there, salmon, um a hundred percent wanna get ceviche there.
0: That reminds me of the Simpsons, you know, he has the puffer fish. Uh, he's- yeah. he's so,
1: and that's the the kind of the worrying angle is that there are kind of parasites that can live in raw fish. Hmm. So you've got to make sure that you've hundred percent got a solid supplier, um, that you when it arrives, you keep it frozen until you're absolutely gonna use it, keep it chilled. Yeah, it's gotta be I actually-
0: imagine that's really difficult trying to judge. Whether people are gonna buy that specific dish or not. Because I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking a lot about um, because I knew I was speaking to you and Marcus today about sort of um kitchen nightmares, you know, the uh, Gordon Ramsay thing. Yeah, yeah. Where he's like, is this frozen? And I'm like, how do they how do you know to order so many like lamb chops or so many of this <laughs> and so many of that to know, like, you know? Yeah,
1: well, things like um if you've got octopus, uh, because again, that, that's really popular in Hawaii. And I found a really amazing drunken octopus recipe that's cooked with beer. Um, But something like that, you've got to freeze first because the ice particles will separate um, the kind of sinews of the muscle. Whereas other stuff that's a bit more delicate, if you freeze it, then it, again, the ice particles will pull it apart in a slightly different way. Mm. So fresh is, fresh is ideally best. Um, And fruits and vegetables, I'm, I'm steering clear of freezing pretty much anything. And the only thing that is frozen is the adami beans when it arrives,
0: um, but that's, that's it. And yeah. our prawns. Uh, and the fresh local ingredients, obviously it's, it's very yeah. important at the moment, obviously with Brexit, uh, <laughs> try and steer away yeah. from sort of getting things from a, a, across anywhere other than local. Uh, and I saw on your website, you've, you've got, um, you know, there's, there's, the, there's, uh, there's Barkworth's Corbett's Setanakai, which were across from was yeah. across from us at the parade, not so much anymore. We love the guys at the parade though. <laughs> uh, Snapdragon Whole Foods, uh, Pomona Groceries, and the Market Hole you use an awful lot
1: yeah Great so a Pomona, right? Pomona we use all of the time and um, he comes Des comes pretty much every day and the joy about this is that apart from Sundays where he doesn't deliver I can pretty much get what I need order it the night before it'll be there eight in the morning so I'm prepping up everything I need for the day on the day um snapdrag yeah, Suze is, is wonderful um and yeah so getting a lot of our rice and things like that from her uh yeah, we wanted to try and stick with local as much as we could, and yeah, John at Corbett's is such a lovely chap. Uh, yeah, even when I forget to order a coffee in the morning, going, "Ah, oh, John, I've I've done it again. Uh, <laughs> can I still get a delivery?"
0: <laughs> Amazing, I love that. I love that you're using the market hall. Uh, I don't yes, do enough of the yeah. market hall. I did it first. Uh, I, they used to let me set up on the the landing in the and in the market hall. There's uh, yeah. by the by the general office. There's a little tuck tucked away table. Oh yeah. And we used to set up there and we used to speak to people there. To, it was really cool. You don't know, get like an old guy going, oh, what's this? Then is this the radio? And I'd be like, no, it's a podcast. <laughs> you know, we're just interviewing. Thanks for saying hello. But, you know, um, it was fun. Uh, we should do a bit more with the, the market hall. Absolutely. Uh, it is a great resource. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Brexit, has yeah. this affected you in any way? Is there anything that's going to cause you any concerns?
1: Um, because we opened up Brexit Day, on January the 1st. Um, I think we we lucked out the whole chunk of like our kitchen stuff. We had to build the kitchen beforehand. All of that arrived before Brexit happens. A lot of what we're getting in, while Brexit might affect it, it's kind of affecting it steadily. So aubergine's gone up in price. Um, that's a big one. They, anything from Spain really is seems to be going up. So that was a heads up a couple of weeks ago from Des. Um, so we're still waiting to see how bad it's going to affect us. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be, it shouldn't be anything that we'll notice as this used to be so much better a year and a half ago, because we've
0: got absolutely no idea. Uh, <laughs> I've seen a few, uh, few a few people that are like, you want me to pay how much for my delivery now? on I'm oh, like, yeah. well, this is I think
1: that that near got sent back because, because we thought it was going to be a huge, um, huge import cost. And thankfully it was negated and fine, but, yeah, this is another worry for a lot of
0: people. Hmm. Hopefully it, uh, it sort of balances out a bit because I, I know there's going to... You can't do something like this without expecting any sort of teething problems and what have you. Um, now, we were talking about... I was talking about people reacting to pictures of your of your food and how, how well it was received. Was Did that affect your sales? Were, were, were things like, as soon as you opened the gates, was it good or did it take a bit of time to progress?
1: Oh, was, it was good. It's been nice and steady, which has been great to see because there's always the chance that when you first open something your friends and family will try it first and then after a few weeks when you go oh this is going brilliantly then it all dies off and you realize that your friends and family were just being nice and <laughs> nobody was actually buying it but we've got we've got a steady base of regulars that i've seen already some people have ordered about six times and can see we've been open for six seven weeks yeah that's that's the, the thing we really like to see and then as as it opens up a bit more Hopefully, with people milling around and bumping into each other and chatting, and being able to have it out in parks and outside because you can just take it wherever you want. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Keep it steady and
0: building up. So, have, you guys haven't got a restaurant yet, have you? It's just it's no, a, no. Just delivery, just delivery. Yeah, just
1: delivery from home. Um, so, looking at looking at a venue in a few months, we hope. Ooh, um, that would be that would be amazing. But yeah, we'll we'll walk before we can run. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah very important i mean yeah. spoke, uh liam is a good friend of ours runs feast um he's a good guy yeah. and he uses da- a dark kitchen uh which is a really cool idea it's, so you you have a fully your full kitchen that you just cook things and send out uh, yeah exactly I, I mean if you keep the overhead sort of low um in that sort of scenario is great uh, if you could do it from home but i imagine like when you're hiring a dark does, is it more expensive it, is it cheaper just to hire a kitchen than a, as opposed to a whole re- like sort of restaurant type thing?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it would be cheaper to to have just a just a kitchen unit because the amount of space you're using, you're only renting the space you're going to use for cooking. Yeah. Whereas your restaurant, you're fully expecting to have to mm. fill tables and get bums on seats. Even if you've just got the small walk-in, that's a mm. whole bit of floor space you've got to pay rent on that you're not yeah. actually cooking off. Um, we're actually doing it from home,
0: uh, it so that's the nice. overheads
1: are a zip um uh, which is yeah definitely a good way for us to start because it is it's it's yeah slow enough to start anything
0: mm. but this
1: way we're paying the rent anyways going to be buying food in anyways so i'm just eating the, the leftover waste and that that works for me fine
0: self-sustaining <laughs> that's great yeah, that's, what, that's what everybody that's what everybody dreams for isn't it self-sustaining <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's fantastic. Um but like it is a big leap isn't it to go from working yeah. in your own place to sort of having your own venue like you were just yeah. talking about. Um is it worth taking that risk or, or at the moment are things that good with takeaway food that you just kind of like okay for a little bit, you know, what where, where, what's your time scale like?
1: Uh so what we would hope to do with a venue would be to make it cuz um Katie who does this with me, um she she's photographer videographer Loves to do kind of art and all the rest. So we turn it more into a kind of almost an art in- installation as a venue. So somewhere that people want to go into and just see, anyways, still run it as a takeaway for people to grab on their way to from train station, going to work, uh, run the takeaways through Shoes Beats and uh, keep that going permanently. But we wouldn't necessarily rely entirely on people filling up the venue all of the time. Because I think for the person, I think for the next year or two, People are still going to be nervous about going to hmm. like closed-off spaces. They still want to get sit far away from each other. It's it's not something that we plan for to be able to to cram in again. But have the, the visibility of a venue would be perfect.
0: And this is the thing, right? I, I've never disagreed with social distancing because I think it's a fantastic idea, regardless <laughs> of a, a pandemic or not. I mean, I don't want some guy breathing down my neck at the moment. Yeah. Co uh, in the co-op, you know, so. Sort of. <sighs> Get stuff back <laughs> a bit more, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not a bad thing at all. Um, what what does it mean to you then to have your own restaurant now? To go from the bottom, from not from the bottom. That's probably the worst way to describe thing. But for, you know, from the the first moment of working in a restaurant as a waiter, as a barman, as a manager, to have your own thing that you've made yourself. What does that feel like to you?
1: It's it's brilliant. I mean, we we run every day. I think I've had since we've since we opened two two days off one of which was because we closed for the snow um, and building the kitchen before that but it doesn't feel like I'm kind of gunning for a whole day off I'm not you know starting my week going oh this is going to be such a long week uh yeah this is like what I want to be doing and I get a huge amount of enjoyment particularly when people send an email in saying right this was brilliant because of this 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 yeah oh that's getting the feedback it everything about it hits really personally and so yeah building it up that way it yeah, it's it, it's it's so great to work for yourself. It's uh, yeah,
0: and it's uh, I, I like to see that you're trying to get things right across the board as well with the vegware stuff. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Carb, carbon footprint, Do you want to keep it as low as possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So that was we were looking at all different takeaway container options. Yeah, you know, right at the very start before you would even got a menu sorted or the rest. And while vegware is going to be it's twice as expensive compared to pretty much anything else. But they're commercially compostable, so you just you know lob it into your green bin, perfectly fine. And we didn't want us to be an extra cause of build up of, of landfill. And because we're takeaway, we're not washing up any of the containers. So for every everything somebody's eating, they've got a bit of waste. And which you wouldn't have in a restaurant. It's not that unnecessary. Yeah, it's, it's almost unnecessary waste because we don't have the ceramic plates you can wash up. Yeah. But yeah, we wanted to to do it that way
0: nice um and you know i thought what was really nice touch as well is your the five percent that you give to yeah. your mind very yeah very we've actually
1: good. we've tweeted the, when we first opened we said it was five percent of our sales we figured out it's ten percent of our profits um so that's and we're sticking with that figure so wow going forwards yeah they helped me on a very personal level um a few years back when i was growing up when i was a teenager um, the first people that I reached out to when I had major issues um, and having a support network like that there, where you can just call up anonymously and it's local. Um, yeah, they were amazing. They've got so many links to other to charities. They can set you up to, for support groups. They've got a shelter that they run as well, which I hadn't realized until I spoke to them before running this. Um, I never had to use the shelter. Um, but yeah, have really want to make sure, particularly at the moment with with so many people, the guardian said that 25% of young people find that they can't cope with this lockdown, which is insane. It's bad enough. When I was, when I was a teenager in the early twenties, let alone, if I was going through all of that without being able to see all my friends, without being able to see my
0: family. to Express it, yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm really, I, I think that's really fantastic that you're doing that. Honestly, we were talking to a smash life game on our show. Um, yeah. Uh, last 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 people came on the show, and uh, we were talking about so sort of like this 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 constant desire to withdraw funding from mental health issues, and uh, it's been going on for years. It just seems to be the first place they go whenever it comes to cutting funds. Or we we'll just take it off the kids, like you know, it's just yeah. it's just a terrible situation. So, uh, or the fact that you're doing that and helping. Uh, A few people that that means a lot. So um, you 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 get some uh, brownie points from us. (laughs) us. (laughs) Not that you need it. You're doing it well already. I I think this is a fantastic thing that Shrewsbury's got. It adds to the 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 huge variety that that Shrewsbury's already already got to offer as far as food is concerned. You know, if if you want a certain type of food, you can get it in Shrewsbury. Uh, You can get you can get it. You know. Um, whether it's fresh pizza from dough and oil whether it's uh you know um falafels from the, the falafel place uh on milk street uh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's just yeah, seasons. Know. Yeah, this, seasons yeah there's yeah, seasons yeah yeah so many great things so many great things and um uh, i hope you do really well in the future and thank you uh, can you tell people uh where they can sort of find you guys on social media and your website of course
1: yeah, so um, if you Google uh, if you Google Hokey Shrewsbury, it'll ping up. Um, we're on Facebook. It Instagram, does ping
0: up very quickly, by the way. I <laughs> <said>.
1: <laughs> yeah, finally got that figured out after a few weeks. Tech is not my forte at all. That was that was Katie's brilliant mm-hmm. kind of pushing that we get that up and running. Um, yeah, Facebook and Instagram. Um, our website's hokey-pokey.co.uk. And again, it's all Katie's brilliant designs. Um, it's a very
0: good-looking website. Very good-looking website. Yeah.
1: And we run exclusively on Shoes Eats. And um, they were, in fact, one of my last tables in Hickory's, I think the second to last that I served. Um, and it was going, oh, what are you going to do over lockdown? Like, oh, we're going to be really busy. We run a food, ta- uh, food delivery service. I, I need your email. Um, such lovely people to work with. They're not taking crazy commissions or, yeah, they, they really, from the get-go, helped us. So sticking with them
0: from here on out. It's nice to remember sort of who helped you from the beginning isn't it you know yeah. and
1: oh definitely
0: we've had a few people like that uh, you know from the birth of the biscuit that we'll never forget even you know, especially the places like the parade that gave us a home for a year you know mm. um, Beth Heath from Shropshire Festivals that's helped us so much um, there are just so many people that, that have just been amazing to us and so, Lorraine Fletcher from For the Love of Shrewsbury uh, another great source of support for us you know never forget those people um, mm. Shrewsbury Eats sounds fantastic yeah I'd love to speak to them um, yeah uh george i hope i wish you the best I, I you know i'm going to order some food soon because i want to try oh, perfect. it um and I'll, I'll, I'll do some an instagram story and sort of tell people uh, what it's like um i hope you guys try the food too um and enjoy it you know um no this is nice it's been really good i'd love to catch up with you when uh when when lockdown is over
1: yeah, yeah, or yeah when yeah. you get your
0: venue or when things change jump back on the show and, and sort of update us with what's going on keep yeah, in touch with us you know um, right, guys, before we are about to run are a short on time, um, but I would like to, uh, to direct you towards our website, which is uh, um, uk. and that's made for us by our friends at Web Orchard. Um, if you need a website, make sure you check them out. Um, and also, I want to tell you guys uh, about this, uh, this regular thing we've got going on uh, from the 20th. Obviously, this is going to go after the 20th, but um, from that date, we're going to be running live um they're called uh, the shooter biscuit uh virtual market showcase and what we're going to be doing is is inviting people like corbett's like Seton Akai, Snapchat, all these people all these local traders i want to get them live on a show on facebook and sort of show people their faces talk about what they do show them their products uh, and you know we can bring up pictures videos all sorts live on that show and i think it's really going to be a great tool to sort of discuss local independent traders in Shrewsbury, and that's what we're going to be doing every two weeks from the 20th so if you want to get involved with that uh, get in touch with us via the website um, and make sure you look out for dates when they're going to be live on our facebook yeah it's great george thank you so much for joining us oh thank you now, good luck with everything and we'll catch you guys next time peace out